people tend to forget that people who immigrate, it, there's always a reason why they immigrate. There's some problem in their home country that they made them move, and they want to build a life here. So why make it hard on them? Hey, Clever Hybrids Tribe! In today's episode, we will talk with Miriam Schomer, polyglot extraordinaire, to discuss the intricate process of learning a new language when you're an adult. We'll also discuss why language learning is a matter of cultural learning and try to answer one of the toughest questions right now. Go to college or learn a trade. Let's jump right in. But you're also learning a difficult language to grin you at the moment where I've been helping you with that and you're doing very well. But what do you think is the major difference that you're seeing from growing up bilingual speaking English and German versus learning a language now as an adult? Yeah, well, learning a language is a tough nut to crack. I mean, kudos to anybody who is trying to learn any language. Now that I'm trying myself, I realize how difficult it is. So when people come here to Germany and learn German, now I see how difficult the German language is. Because when you grow up, you just kind of absorb the language, right? Yeah, I think both sides have pros and cons. As a kid, you're just kind of like, oh, I said it wrong, moving on, okay, whatever. Adults are more like, oh, no, I can't believe I said that. Ah. <laughs> exactly, that's my problem. Sometimes I'm like, how do I say it? And then I'm too shy to try and say it in Tigrini because, you know, you think as an adult you have to say it perfectly. But as a kid, you just, you know, say whatever and it's fine. Yeah, you have to think of yourself as However many years you've been learning that language is how old you are in that language. That helps me to be more patient oh. with myself. <laughs> okay, so I'm a one-year-old. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> then I do speak a lot for a one-year-old. That's <laughs> like, wow, she's a very smart one-year-old. That makes you feel better. <laughs> exactly. Hey, cool. I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah, it helps me just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm fine. But... The other side that adults have that kids don't have is we know how to read. So we have a lot more exposure to a larger variety of vocabulary. You <laughs> grew up bilingual before all of this was cool. So what do you feel are some of the pros and cons of that now in your daily life? Yeah, growing up bilingual, you learn not only the language, but you are also exposed to the culture. You understand the background of certain expressions and idioms, the connotation of words. And it just helps to know which words to use. So in daily life now, when I volunteer in a translation program, it helps me with my work because I can tell easier, no, this German expression isn't the same. It doesn't create the same feeling. Many who learn business English, yeah, they know business speak. And I think a lot of English and American cultures, you you like to do a little small talk before you crack down to business. So a lot of Germans don't know how to do just a little bit of small talk because all they learn is business English for work. They get really nervous when there's a phone call and their English-speaking person on the other end is trying to make a little small talk first and they're like, ah. <laughs> well, you, you have to know how to be able to express yourself, which you've been doing a really good job in your Tigrinia program that we've been having. I think it's been about six or seven months that we've been doing it now. So what have been your highlights of that program that you could share? I know it's, sometimes it's hard to find resources or teachers for non-European, non-Latin languages. So what has been your experience? 
Yes, uh, I was so glad to define you <laughs> as a teacher because there's virtually nothing out there in, in Tigrinya. You find few books. Google finally incorporated Tigrinya into their translating uh, website, but it's it's hard finding resources for this language. So I was very happy that we can work together. Yeah, my highlight is that I finally can kind of come up with sentences <laughs> myself. Uh, it's a difficult language, so to be able to say, hey, I understood that, or, you know, at least form simple sentences and to have little conversations. I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yeah, and you have been the ideal student because at the beginning, you're like, I want to be able to read the Tigrinya scripts. They have a script that's not like Latin letters, so you have to learn that first. Mm -hmm. So you were very like, I need to learn that. And then I was very adamant. It's like, you're not using the translator for everything. We need some broken sentences to get to the smoothed out sentences. And it worked out. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good incentive that you gave me. Yeah, at first people are like, what? No, I need my translator. I'm like, pass over the drug. We need to do <laughs> intervention. <laughs> I remember one of the first homeworks was no translator. I'm like, mm. I did not enjoy that homework, but I'm like, okay, she's forcing me to, to do it. it. It was good. It was helpful. It's been six months so far, but especially in the last two months, your ability to make sentences spontaneously has just been like, boom. And I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> Uh, Mimi, now we're going to move on to another thing that is maybe an unpopular opinion for some people. In the 21st century, there's still a lot of emphasis on going to university, going to college, and then it's kind of pushed as the only option. But it's uh -huh. not, especially with the internet. You can be an entrepreneur or you can learn a trade. And not all trades are blue-collar trades. You actually learned a trade that's a white-collar trade. So tell us about that process especially nowadays, it's very popular to go to college or university. Hardly any students think about learning a trade. So my trade that I learned is administrative assistant or Bürokauffrau, as they say in German. So it's basically, it trains you in all aspects of an office job, from HR to bookkeeping to customer service, depending on the company that you work with you have a broad spectrum of what you learn in this trade. Around three days of on-the-job training and two days school training. And that's perfect because you have both the theoretical and the practical aspects of the job. And within two and a half to three years, you're finished with your schooling and you can jump into the workforce. You have the skill set. You might be fairly young as a teenager, but you have all the knowledge and all the tools you need to do the job with just the theoretical knowledge, you don't know how to apply it. But with the, the trade program, you already know how to apply it. So you're ready to jump in. And it takes less time. So usually they plan three years of the trade training, but you can shorten it to maybe two and a half, sometimes even two years. And then you're, you're finished with your training and you can work and you can earn a good amount of money. And if you don't like it, you finish your training. You don't have to stay in this trade that you you learned. Once you finish the trade, you can make a career switch and just work in a different field. That's usually no problem. 
Yeah, that's what I eventually ended up doing because, as I mentioned before, I did my vocational training in IT, more of the technical side and the customer support. I was able to do all of the technical things, but I was more of the middleman between the super left brain people and the end user. They would be like, turn on this and switch on your blah, blah, blah. And the person would be like, what? What are you saying? He said, just press the button. Oh. <laughs> So I, I did that for a few years and then I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. But from doing that, then I realized I'm pretty good at this language thing. And then from the language thing, I realized I'm a pretty good listener. And then from that, I realized I'm a pretty good storyteller. So you never know where you're going to end up. You just got to get a foundation that will let you have something solid enough to move forward with. Right. Or to fall back on. Uh, I know of people who did one vocational training. They started out maybe in media design because they were super creative and super talented. But then they realized, I like to be a cook. So they they switched careers, did another Ausbildung, and they're working like that. But if that gets too much, they have another career to, to fall back on. Or even in Germany, once they see you have an Ausbildung, They see you have the stick to to learn something and you can basically start working in any job because they just want to see that you, you've learned something, you have a basis, a foundation to build up on. This is a reality, Miriam, and I know for both of us, we had it relatively easy because we were studying in our home countries. But now in the 2000s, especially after 2015, there's a lot of people that don't have that luxury. They're leaving as many in Eritrea are before they finish their formal schooling. And it takes them several years to get to Europe or if we have the similar situation with Afghanistan, Syria, many other places where mm -hmm. people are are leaving in the middle of their education and then they get to Europe and they're like, okay, now what? How can someone who is a native speaker in their home country help these people adapt on three levels? So we'll cover each of them individually, language, culture, and then learning the system. So mm -hmm. let's start with language first. How can you help someone that they're coming from a different language background, especially one that's not in the same language family, to adapt to the new country's language. The native speakers in that country can make it easier on immigrants by trying to speak slow and in simple sentences. Now that I'm learning an, another language, when people go like, blah, 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 and you're like, excuse me, can you repeat that? <laughs> and That happens like two or three times and then you stop asking because you're like, okay, I'm never going to understand what they're saying. So just realizing these people are trying to learn, for example, German. We can make it easy on them. Speak in simple sentences, short sentences, and this will help them learn the language. People tend to forget that people who immigrate It, there's always a reason why they immigrate. There's some problem in their home country that made them move and they want to build a life here. So why make it hard on them if we can help them by just something as small as keeping our language simple at first. They will understand more complex sentences, but we can help them out. Just be patient with them. Yeah, that is very empathetic advice. I would add two things to that, too, that have helped me a lot since I got here. 
One is remember the communication is only 10% verbal. About 90% of it is body language. Even if you're using simple sentences, make sure your body language is a little bit bigger than normal. <laughs> Point at things. Use your face. Use your hands. And then people will be like, I don't understand everything they're saying, but it looks like they're angry or disappointed. <laughs> German people might tend to look a little mean or stern, but they don't mean to be. Maybe they're frustrated because the other person's not understanding. So that's a good point, you know, to be happy when somebody's doing something right or to point at stuff. Yeah, some people just have resting angry face. The other thing I would add <laughs> is that you can take the being simple too far. I must admit, I've, I've done that too. But <laughs> uh, but they, they start speaking, you know, either backwards German, like Yoda German, or, or just broken German because they think it'll help the person understand. But it's best to, you know, speak grammatically correct in a simple way to still help the language learner. If you break it down too much, you're actually doing them a disservice because they will learn wrong German. <laughs> the experience that I'm having is the language part to be able to get to the point where you can kind of defend yourself takes about two years. But I've heard to get to the cultural understanding part, it takes five years or more. Wow. What are the pieces that the native speakers and, and people who are from the country can help with in, in that aspect? I think this is especially hard for native speakers because we might not realize what is part of our culture and how to teach it. I think to teach culture is really difficult. And what I've enjoyed now from our friends is when you get clues on what is culture or language, just freely telling them, you know, in our culture, for example, it's polite to be on time. So when we say we want to meet at such and such time, it's good to be punctual because a German will appreciate you being on time. And then if you realize somebody is kind of confused, maybe to reflect and say, okay, maybe I did something that is part of my culture that's not part of their culture. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't have anything to add to that one. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest part that I feel like and sometimes take a lifetime is figuring out the system. And when I say the system, I mean, what paperwork do you need? Who can have your back in a legal situation, in an immigration situation? When you're in your country and you have some tech savvy ability, then you know what to Google. But when you're trying to Google that and you're not in your country and the results for that are not in your language, even if you type that in your language in Google, they might not have a search result for that. This is the part, as we talked about before we jumped on the call, it can be helpful or can get to cringe level where you're like taking over somebody's life, helping them learn the system. Sometimes it happens from the other side where they become so dependent that they're mm -hmm. like, I got a letter, please read this for me. It's like, no, I will walk you through how to dissect the letter so you can do it yourself next time. And some people don't like that. They're like, no, 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 I need your help. I'm like, no, you need to learn how to do this yourself eventually. Let's start now. <laughs> yes, yeah. And that's difficult. The German they use from like the government offices is different to just regular German. I'm sure you've had that experience. So even for a native speaker, it can be hard to understand these letters that you get and 
then to help someone else understand this letter is, yeah, it can be challenging. <laughs> so sometimes I need to read it three or four times myself. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now I got it. <laughs> Let me help you now. I don't know if they are taught that. I find that also um, at work that the sentences they build for speaking with authority figures is just so, yeah, it's a difficult sentence structure, difficult verbs, difficult words. And some people get frustrated with immigrants because they think they don't, you know, they don't understand German, but often they do speak German very well and they can read it very well. It's just this crazy high business level German. If even the government offices would tone down the, the level of German a little bit, more people would be more comfortable interacting with them because they realize, okay, I can do this. But Mimi, what would you say, I guess as a final wrap-up point for this discussion, what would you want people to know on, on both sides of the fence, people who are helping and those who are being helped, the main things to remember in both of those situations? I would say those who want to help also need to know when to kind of let go. Helping is good, but also help the person help themselves, actively teaching them, okay, when you have this form, you know, how to fill it out and stuff which I've, I have been guilty of. I, <laughs> I haven't, you know, always taught the other person. On the other side of the fence, to be free to ask for help. Some are too shy to ask for help, but it's important, you know, German bureaucracy is very deadline bound. So, you know, you often have deadlines that are hard deadlines. And if you miss that deadline, it creates more problems. So ask for help. Usually everybody's willing to help, but also you have to put in some of the effort yourself. And that applies for language and culture as well. Both sides need to learn how to talk to each other, don't they? Well, everybody, this has been Mimi Schomar, the polyglot from Hessen, Germany. If someone wants to get in touch with you, would it be best for them to reach out to you on LinkedIn or what's the best place to find you to work with you in some capacity? Yes, LinkedIn would be the best option. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on the German Sing site as well. Yeah, that's the best option to reach me right now. All right, very cool. So she is listed there as Miriam Schoma, in case you're looking. And that's with the U, with the umlaut, with the two dots on top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much for staying with us to the end. Until next time, this is Gabby V, and we'll see you in the next one.